Hey, John Harris here with the Rock Metal Podcast. Join me as we get to go behind the scenes into what goes into producing records and making music as we interview some of our favorite and soon-to-be favorite bands. And today we're catching up with Mr. Lordy of the band Lordy for fans of Battle Beast, Power Wolf, Sabaton, and UDO. Lordy's got a new album out called Scream Writers Guild. We're going to catch up with Mr. Lordy as he's driving from the north of Finland all the way down to Helsinki to start a tour in support of the album. The album was produced by Mr. Lordy, Mr. Mana, and Jan Nehalkruna. We'll hear the story about how all of that came to be and so much more. So please stay tuned to the very end. And also, please excuse the audio a bit as Mr. Lordy was in fact talking to me on his cell phone. So I hope you enjoy. But first, let's check in with our beautiful sponsors. Asher Media Relations, doing public relations for everything loud. For your band needs to be seen and heard in print, online, and radio, head over to ashermediarelations.com. That's ashermediarelations.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and get your band noticed. Syndicall Music is a full-service agency for musicians offering record label services, marketing, branding, production, and management. Head over to syndicallmusic.com. That's syndicallmusic.com. S-Y-N-D-I-C-O-L music.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and take your music career to the next level. Mr. Lordy, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Go ahead and say hi to all of our beautiful listeners. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. How you doing? (laughs) <laughs> well, we're fabulous now that you're here. Now, this new record, Scream Writers Guild, play on words, of course. What was the greatest moment for you producing this record? I don't know, the first five months. <laughs> no, well, beginning five months. I mean, I, I love the process of, of creating, like, from writing the new song from, to recording and, and to, to even, even painting the album. I love every single moment of you know making a new album and creating something. So to pick just one, like the best or the proudest moment, I I, I can't. I re- I really I really can't. It's like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you love all of your beautiful children, from writing the new songs, to yeah, of course, to recording, yeah. coming up with the album artwork. I guess that then. You said you did the whole thing in five months. Is that pretty typical for you, or is that a little bit longer? Did, is there any? Yeah, it's it's pretty typical, and 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 this this happened in a time. This, this was recorded actually like like a year ago. I got a call in January twenty two from our manager that that, that starts writing a new album. I was sure, and uh, so by the I'm trying to think by the mid June twenty two, the album already went to print. You know that. I mean, no, no, it was already after it went to the, the printing plant already. So, so yeah, we did it in five months, you know, including writing and you know, recording and everything. So, it is it is pretty typical for us. I mean, we can do it pretty fast, but most of the times, why it takes longer is because you're gigging, you're doing shows at the same time. So, so you cannot do the whole album, you know, back to back in a row, you know, like days like that. And, you know, you get like a up session because you, you're, you're, you have to travel, you know, to shows like festivals or whatever. It's pretty typical. I mean, we're, we're quite fast. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 this, and this album was so easy as to make it felt like that we're only making like a, like a mini EP or something because we just, when, when, when I got that call that, 
hey, stop writing a new album. I said, sure. It was only two months after when we just released seven albums at the same time. So, so now doing a one album, just just one, it, it was like, okay, it feels like you're just you know, doing a single or something. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, getting a phone call and then a few months later having an album to print, do you have like a catalog of stuff at the ready that you're just sitting on? No, I'm usually not writing everything. Like, like I... I I'm very productive and I'm very creative. So, so when I sit down and usually if I start writing a song uh, as a side project, I, uh, as a side effect, I will have side product. I will have two other songs. If I start writing one song, I will in the end I will have three. That's usually what what happens. And some people are asking, well, how, how, how is that possible?" Well, I'll tell you. If I haven't, let's say I have a chorus melody. I'm writing that. Da, 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 da. I'm playing guitar or keyboards. I'm working. So then I'm just listening to my inner radio that is playing in my head. So how would the song go not from here? So nothing special. I think many people have think of writing like that. That they are thinking that what would be the best way that how would they hear the song go to the next next part of the song? Okay. So then I got you know, come up with them. Usually I, I, I don't have any writer's luck or anything. I come with the next part. I put it down, okay, there it is. And then I listen to it. I thought, like, oh, it's a great part, but it actually isn't really exactly what I'm looking for. So I put that aside, that part. And by the end of the day, when that one song is ready, I have material for like two other songs already from the put aside parts, you know. So that's how it happens. That's, that's how come. That's why it happens. I already forgot your question, by the way. <laughs> it's okay. My next question, though, is. What was the biggest challenge for you on this record? I, I don't remember actually having any challenges with this one because this was, this was insanely easy and naturally flowing process. The whole writing and the whole recording, everything. I don't remember. I don't remember having actually any kind of challenges with this one. This was so. Even logistically, it went smooth as fuck. Everything went so well. Ah, I'm sorry. I, there, there were no challenges, really. It was really easy. It was that easy. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, why Why is that, do you think? Is it just because you've written so many songs and albums up to this point? You just, you know what... Uh, yeah, I think, and of course, you know, you know, it, it's also because I'm getting more confident every time, and I... And I uh, when I'm writing and we're doing stuff, and I and, and, and after I started like producing our own albums, uh, it, it really, really, really um, it boosted up my confidence level where it's a little bit too much, even I guess you know. <laughs> but, but 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 at the same time, I know what I can do, and I know what our band can do, and I know we can do exactly what we're aiming for, you know. So. That makes it easy, and that makes it somehow uh, it is very enjoyable to to be able to create something the way you want it, and you are very satisfied with the, with the, with the end product. You know, this is exactly what you. Yeah. Here's the thing: many people, you know, usually like critics when they when they listen to any any artist album, but in this case, Mori album, they like, "Oh, it sounds shitty," and why does it have that? And what they say, many. The critics usually they, they they forget that at least in our songs how they sound like and, and the 
the, the self-confidence is, is something that, and, and you know you can you know, do what you're, what you're trying to do. You know? So that's, Okay. Now, something that strikes me as interesting is I would imagine that to do what you do takes a degree of confidence. I guess, what was it that, or when did the confidence start to uh, ingrain in what it is that you're doing? Mm, I think I've always had that, you know, because I know that I'm the best me that anybody could be. I mean, I've, many times I've said this, like, like I'm a huge fan of Kiss. I'm, I'm, I'm a Kiss fanatic. I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of those Kiss fanboys, collectors, and you know, Kiss crazies. And I, and I wanted to be Gene Simmons when I was in Florida. But now I understand that that even Gene Simmons, you know, who I look up to in every, every possible ways, uh, was my idol, and probably the main reason you know, why for I wanted to be Gene Simmons. But even when understanding that even Gene Simmons couldn't be better Laurie than I am. It's good Gene Simmons as Gene Simmons is, or anybody. That's something that is like, mm, like really understanding that that after you already are having fans and you have your fan base and your followers who are really into your band and you know, so and understanding that whatever you're doing, when I write stuff, when I create stuff, I do it. I, I have only one person target audience and that is myself i'm doing everything to please myself and if anybody else any, anybody else likes it, it it's a plus if they don't you know fuck them you know they don't what do they know anyway you know, so so <laughs> so so i think the certain amount of self-confidence is a good thing to actually you know i i'm the worst teacher i i could not teach or tell anybody else how to do their shit but 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 if it comes to my shit, what I'm doing, I I am the god and the dictator and the goddamn almighty. So <laughs> I know how to do my shit, you know. And and I get really really angry and I get really really offended if somebody tries to tell me how I should do things because I'm like, what the hell do you know? I'm not telling you how to, you know, you know, masturbate. That's right. Strokes and strokes and strokes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Woo. Now, the EPK that I got from Atomic Fire says that the record itself is not a real concept album, but plays with the overall cinematic theme. So take us through that. Screenwriters Guild. What What is this record about? Um, well, it's another loaded record. Really. I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> the Atomic Fire guys, they need to say something in the press release, don't they? You know, so <laughs> it's... it's uh, what, what it is about is I, I always write music first, and then you know, the lyrics come after that. So, so um, and this, depending on how you count it, but it, it's actually our nineteenth studio album already. Nineteen. So, and most of the songs on every single audio album are about horror, horror genre, or horror stories. There's something, and I just wanted to find. You know, sometimes it gets really difficult to find out, find a new angle in the in the horror genre, you know, what can I, you know, what could this album be about? And then I just thought that, okay, why not trying to focus on the classic vintage horror, you know, movies like those Universal Monsters and shit like that, you know. And that, and that, was, that, that was the starting point for this whole thing. And so when, when I was trying to come up, you know, with some sort of a new angle to write songs and, and what would be the main concept of this album, um, 
So then I thought that while this is our, you know, it, it kind of, I wanted to, usually I wanted to do, do an album that would, would be like reset, like returning the, or resetting the, the, the factory default settings of Lordy, like going back to the first three or four albums, trying to do very neat and kind of standard classic Lordy album usually. So then I thought that also, also lyrically and thematically, it should be something very classic Lordy. And I thought that, okay, well, funnily enough, uh, we really haven't touched the, the subject of like old vintage horror movies yet or horror characters. So that's where the idea came from. Okay, let's go to the, you know, the root of cinematic horror and, and try to get some influences and get, try to get you know, some, some ideas from there. Well, all of the songs are not influenced by, by those, but, that's, but clearly there's like, uh, uh, like the bride the song, uh, it's about, you know, Frankenstein singing to his bride, the bride of Frankenstein, and there's like a, well, in the Castle of Dracula, of course, and it's playing words again, but it's, it's, it's the part Dracula, and there's like, you know, like a tropical island, which is up, of course, wolfman or werewolves and shit like that. So, so it's like, more or less, all the songs have something to do with some classic horror movie or some classic uh, horror movie character. Is While that being said, of course, there's a lot of there's a lot of motorcycles that have a lot of reference to other horror movies, like especially Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, because I mean I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. So, so this time I told my co-writer Tracy Lee, I told him say this time let us try not to have an Evil Dead reference on this album because usually we do, and and at this time we don't. How hard was it to not have an Evil Death reference? Very hard. Very very hard and baby and pulsing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Is there... It was, it was difficult because, it, it, because, I mean, the evil difference, they, they, they come so naturally and they come like, they, they sneak in whether you want it or not. So it was really, really, really difficult not to, not to get that. But we did it. Very cool. Very cool. Is there a classic like Dracula, werewolves, uh, Frankenstein? Is there a classic that you love the most or identify with the most? I think Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I'm, I'm a huge Marvel movie fan too, and, and my all-time Marvel, you know, favorite characters, The Incredible Hulk. And as you know, any you know geeks or comic book nerds would know that Stan Lee's version of Frankenstein monster is actually the Hulk. You know, so. Clearly, Frankenstein monster is my favorite classic monster. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, yeah, Frankenstein monster. Yeah. More to come, but let's go ahead and check in with our beautiful sponsors. Two Madsen is responsible for producing, mixing, and mastering some of the best metal for over the last 20 years. From Meshuggah to The Haunted to Poison Black, Kemper Profiler packs for guitar players, and Easy Drummer expansion packs for programming drums. Two Madsen can take your production to a level previously unheard. Head over to twomadsen.com. That's twomadsen.com. T-U-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. Click contact, fill out the info for your next project, and let Two know that the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. Wormhole Death is a modern record label, publishing, and film production company born in 2008. Getting signed to this label means global distribution, publishing, and marketing with Wormhole Death's roster of global partnerships. Head over to wormholedeath.com. That's wormholedeath.com. Submit your band and let them know the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. 
Uh, 19 studio freaking albums. How would you define success at this stage of your career? Being able to still do what you love to do and not to go to nine to five for it. You know, because I have never worked nine to five in my life and I would suck at it. I would suck ass and balls if I would you know, try to be a dog or child. So I am a lucky fucking bastard to be able to do that. That is that if that isn't success, I don't know what it's. I mean, I, I'm doing what I would I would do anyway. You know, I I I I'm doing what I want always wanted to do, and, and I'm doing everything. I know I'm I'm stressing myself out, and I don't I don't have enough rest and everything. But I do everything you see and hear in Lori is the is the outcome of things that I think I know how to do and the things that I want to do, whether it's writing the music, whether it's uh, making the masks, the costumes, the painting the album covers, creating the graphics, uh, doing the merch, everything, uh, designing everything. So that's, uh, I, I just love doing this artsy party stuff about monsters and, and horror. And uh, that, is, that is my personal success. Yeah. Beautiful. What advice would you give to Mr. Lordy 19 studio albums ago? Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Because I was very impatient. I remember, like, I couldn't believe, because I was so full of myself, and, uh, you know, as a kid. And I couldn't believe that when I was sending the demos to record labels and, and sending the demos to, you know, some critics in, in music magazines and, you know, and they didn't like it, and they didn't see the geniuses that I am, the, the, the whole, you know, and I, I was offended. I was like, what the fuck do these people know? That they should actually change their, you know, they, they, they don't see a good thing, but they, so I would say patience, patience, young Padawan, because it's like, uh, and it took 10 years, and, and most of my bandmates at the time, I mean, I mean, it was like revolving door. Like, people joined my band, and then they quit because, you know, life gets in the way. I mean, they got chilled for children and work and do stuff, and, and people just lost their faith in the thing. Because after you're in a band for, you know, two years, and then nothing, you know, goes like that. And I'm just, like, blindly believing that, that someday, you know, we'll get a record deal. And it, but it took 10 years, it took a full decade to, to actually have it. So I would say patience. It'll happen. Yeah, very cool. What was yeah. what was the breakthrough point? Do you think uh, meeting our first manager? Because then I realized that all those you know times sending the demos, labels, and shit, it doesn't really. Or I don't know how it is today, but but then like thirty thirty years ago, twenty five years ago, um, you can send all your fucking demos as much as you want, but unless you have a contact who will actually go and put your tape, demo tape, in front of the line, you're fucked. You're going to be buried there with the other demos. So, so, so I would say meeting our first manager who actually was in the music business in Finland and, and, and a you know, big shop there and who had some credibility, not some credibility, a lot of credibility, and, and people were trusting him. And when he came to the labels and showed that look at this band, listen to the demos, that's when the door started to open. Because I mean, I we, you know, that that's the most important person and, and thing that you know, things started happening. 
this was like, and even for him, it took like like two or three years to get us through because it was the, the, the problem with this band was and still is to some people is that the, the concept that the, the music versus the image is so for some people it is really a tough nut to swallow because we look the way we look and we sound the way we sound and and for a lot of people those two things what you hear and what you see they don't match you know for all through the whole 90s i i got i got the response from most of the most labels i got it like okay the look is cool but you should change your musical style to black metal or death metal or something like that because your music sucks <laughs> and then uh, uh and it's too melodic and it's too you know dated and it's too 80s and it's poppy or whatever because you look like you should be playing black metal or something and then the other other response was like okay uh, we love the music but you should change the singer because the singer shouldn't be singing this kind of stuff you should you know have somebody who sings high and clear you know you know like a you know and of, of course without them realizing that it, it is me you know that, that the main guy and then also that you must use the image because the image looks like that it's some black death metal band and it, it, it shouldn't sound like this. I mean, this, this sounding band shouldn't be like that. So that was very difficult thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's the number one thing you want people listening in right now to the podcast to do? Put your hand in your pants and enjoy the soothing voices you hear. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Okay. All right. So put your hand in your pants and enjoy the soothing voices. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 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 I mean, that's one way. I mean, one way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is there yeah, is there yeah. is there a particular uh, maybe website you want them to go to in particular? Um, is there a, like what's your favorite way for them to consume the record? Do you want them to go buy vinyl? Do you want them to listen? Does it matter? Well, I well I'm an old school guy. I'm an old school guy, and and I. I tell you something, I've never been on social media one second in my life. So I'm such an old geek, you know, teaser. Um, I would rather, of course, people buy the actual physical album, but I know, I know it's not 1989 anymore. So, <laughs> so, so whatever the way is most convenient for you, you know, go check it out. Google, Gordian, find us out but of course, I still think that that, that I mean that the way that we're doing albums, the way that, that I think is their their albums are like entireties. They are as a they are meant to be consumed as a whole, not like one song there, one song here. The, the, every single audio album is is enjoyed as a full experience, not just one song. It, it, it's the same thing that you know you don't watch a movie that just go to the scene number twelve. And then maybe, oh, okay, I like to see number six. I mean, you kind of like miss the whole point if you don't watch the whole movie. So, yeah, I would, and, and, and of course, also visually, you know, of course, the, the actual physical vinyl of the series is, uh, gives you so much more than just listening. But, well, then again, if you uh, just put it into the music, that's, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, go ahead and head over to the rockmetalpodcast.ca. There you can stay in touch with everything, Lordy. Go ahead and go to the show notes for today, the transcript for this beautiful interview, as well as some music videos. Mr. Lordy, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thank you. Absolutely my pleasure. This was fun. And that's it for this episode of the Rock Metal Podcast. Stay tuned because next week we're going to be chatting with Nick Saren of the band Hong Fo. They've got a new album out called Desolation Years that we're going to dive into deep, as well as why they chose not to work with a producer this go-around. So go ahead, hit subscribe on your podcast player, share it with your friends, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>